make sure you come if you're in the uh, mentoring program tonight. We're going to have a bucket load of fun tonight. We're talking about 1% Club. Uh, we are going to crack some codes when it comes to helping people understand what it takes to get ahead and create a pretty healthy property portfolio. Actually, the reality is making your first million's pretty tough. Your second million's tough. But uh, actually, when you get into your third and fourth and fifth, it gets a lot easier. So I want to explain a little bit about time in the market, being part of the 1% club, and how a little bit of uh, understanding maturity of assets actually helps you become quite wealthy from real estate. Hey, welcome. Uh, if you're tuning in live uh, today, I'm going to talk you through really the idea of the affordability and supply gap and really starting to think about what type of assets you should acquire so that you can hold real estate, reach that level of maturity of assets and really look at um, you know what creating a lot of money out of real estate actually looks like. So I'm going to flip to my iPad here and uh, I'm going to drive and uh, hopefully guys are tuning in and um, yeah. We can uh, we can talk some real estate. So, uh, when it comes to the maturity of any asset, it is really the idea of when you will get your final payment. Now, the reality is, the longer you hold real estate, um, the longer you're going to get that final payment. But I always teach for people: there's about sort of a 15-year journey minimum you need to go on to reach a state of maturity. Thinking about that, that actually means we're in 2021 now. So in 2036, we've got to own an asset that we buy today that is relevant in 2036. Why do we want it relevant in 2036? Well, for a start, this is where we're going to reach the first level of maturity. But secondly, when it comes to making money out of real estate, I can assure you, your first million can be a little bit long, takes a journey to get there. If you've got the right asset when your first term of maturity comes about, the idea of that asset going on to become worth more quicker will absolutely accelerate. So this is actually an acceleration point, your first period of maturity. So I always like to paint the picture of are we buying for today or actually looking forward and potentially buying for 2036. For me, when I buy real estate, I like to just ask myself some pretty critical questions. And I do that by understanding that I want to buy something affordable. I want to buy something highly livable. And I want it to be still valuable when 2036 comes around, my first period of maturity, maturing of the asset. Remember, Making money for the first 15 years is going to be a hard grind. But actually, the longer you own real estate, the quicker money accelerates, the more it becomes valuable quicker. And that is just because wealth compounds on itself. It's known as the eighth wonder of the world. 
So if we're using some simple logic here, uh, if in the future things will be more the same or less, let's put an exercise together as to what potentially from an asset allocation point of view we should be buying. So technology, do you think that's going to affect the real estate market more into the future, the same as today or less? Uh, feel free to put it in the chat box if I've got my chat thing open. Um, I might open the chat op overlay. Absolutely, more, more. Technology is going to reshape real estate into the future. It is absolutely, we live in the knowledge economy and a technology-based economy. So we're absolutely going to see that into the future. What about the green economy? Let's talk green for a moment. Obviously, big in the news at the moment, Australia, a bit of a laggard when it comes to green economics. 2050 is a zero carbon year. The world OECD countries need to be zero carbon. So thermal efficiency, real estate, uh, sustainability, six-star properties, seven-star energy-rated properties. Do you think they're going to be in more demand in the future, the same level of demand or less? My argument is it will be more into the future. What about inequality? As we know, real estate uh, is growing in value. The more properties increase in value, the more it creates people who can't keep up with the Joneses. Uh, certainly today, we are going into a mega trend around the world around inequality. So do you think there'll be more, the same amount of inequality or less in 2036? Absolutely, there is going to be more. We've now ticked technology is going to be more important into the future. The green economy is going to be more important into the future. And we know inequality is going to be a thing. And if we own the wrong asset, the wrong allocation, potentially our asset won't get past 2036. I hope that kind of makes sense. What about uh, the population? Oh, good. It is population. It's going to be more of us less or the same. Well, in Australia, absolutely more. So we are going to be competing with more people. And the reality is what that means is potentially more inequality and less opportunity if we do not own the right assets. What about location? Do you think there's going to be more really awesome locations on offer when it comes to real estate or less or the same? The reality is for property investors with property values rising, you get squeezed out of the best locations when it comes to real estate, particularly when it comes to affordable properties in livable areas that carry value for a long period of time. Think of it that way. So we're actually going to see less locations that are superstar locations, which are affordable, livable, and carry value for a long way. What about affordable design? Obviously, rich people want to live in nice properties. Will we be uh, able to build real estate into the future at an affordable rate, which is modern and attractive to the marketplace? Will there be more of it 
the same of it or less of it. Reality is for many property investors, there's going to be less ability to buy modern functionality as prices start to climb in the marketplace. So these are all what I call market movers. These are things that are moving me to get to uh, comprehension around uh, the maturity of the asset. So for me, understanding this, when I choose real estate to buy, yes, I wanted it affordable, but it needs to be in a highly livable location because there's going to be less of them. It needs to be carry value into a marketplace which is going to be different into the future. Affordable design, it needs to carry that. It needs to avoid inequality. It needs to be thermally efficient for the economy of tomorrow. And it needs to embrace technology. That way, when I get to my first level of maturity of the asset maturing, then I've got something that can go for a second 15 years. I've got something which I have bought well and I am highly likely to never sell. Hey, that's it for today. Tell you what, if you're in the mentoring program, make sure you tune in for tonight. It's going to be incredible. We kick off uh, seven o'clock as usual. Um, we're going to talk real estate. I've got a really cool deal to show everyone who's coming along tonight. Um, real, some hot deal making, which is going to, uh, yeah, I'm sure wet the whistle. And of course, we're talking about the 1% Club. Making your first million's tough, but I'm telling you, it gets a lot easier as they mount up and uh, the compounding results of that is uh, absolutely there for everyone. That's why we need to consider the affordable and livable property markets, but carry value for the tailwind of this thing called property investment. We want to get to 15 years with an asset that can go another 15. Why? Because it's harder to make your first million than it is your second or your third million. And that's the point of the conversation today. Take care. I'll catch you soon uh, on the next episode of Ask Sam. Bye.